Ho, ho, hello there, and welcome to the Anniversary Brothers podcast, where we talk about your favorite TV shows and movies anniversaries. Um, and on this episode, we have a, a special to talk about, so a television special, a little different than what we're used to. And we're going to be talking about the 50th anniversary of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Um, and I am one of your hosts, Josh Renecki, and as usual, I am joined by my brother, Aaron. Say hi. Hey. Nice. Yeah. And before we get into anything else, um, just wanting to we're recording this the day after Christmas. So for all of you who are listening, um, hope you had a Merry Christmas. And for those of you who celebrate um, other holidays in addition to or instead of Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, uh, general Happy Holidays, and just wishing everyone a, a good uh, new year as that comes around whenever you're listening to this. So, yeah. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Um, originally came out in uh, nineteen seventy, December fourteenth of that year, um, by Rankin and Bass, um, and it was on ABC in its initial um, airing, um, and it's continued to be on ABC and on Freeform now. Um, yeah, so Aaron, would you mind giving us a brief uh, plot summary of the film or of the special? Sure. Uh, so the uh, special is all about the origin of uh, all of the Santa Claus uh, customs, you know, how he started delivering presents, you know, uh, you know, how he got his reindeer, stuff like that. Um, the general plot is uh, he is raised by he is found by the uh the Kringle family he's uh left on their doorstep and uh they raise him to make toys and he's trying to bring toys to the um nearby uh town of Sombertown and he has to uh deal with the uh curmudgeon-y, uh Meisterberger uh who's sort of like the I don't know, governor or whatever you want to call him of the town mayor. Um, Cause he's outlawed toys. So it's all about him, you know, working, working around that. Um, Cause he's branded as a rebel and an outlaw. And uh, like, like I said, along the way you find out, you know, why he decided to put, you know, toys in stockings, why he goes down chimneys, uh, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Sweet. That was a that was a good summary. Yeah, I, I like how you included all of the. Uh, it, it really is an, an origin story, um, and I think that's a good point to to make. And there have been other um, specials and other movies and shows that have kind of gone into uh, the Santa Claus origin story, uh, but I think this is probably the one I'm most familiar with. Yeah, there's uh, a couple other ones I'm trying to think where. I don't know. There was another one that's like where he's like raised by like a woodland fairy or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. That one. one's a little more that I one guess. Was weird. Yeah, that one was weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I haven't seen that one in years. OK. Yeah. So this one's a little, little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say down to earth, but it, it's more traditional, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, the one you're talking about was different. Um, but I uh, appreciate that you mentioned that the town is called Somber Town. Best name uh, for a town. Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, who moves to a place like that? It's like, you see that name's like, no, we, we are not moving there, like, anywhere else. We, we want to go to Pleasant Valley or... Pleasant you know, Valley. Happy Junction, just anywhere besides Somber Town. And it's also muted and, and gray there. Like, yeah, definitely really selling that town there. Looks like a Tim Burton movie. You know, it does. Yeah, it's like weird. maybe they were taking notes watching this when they made uh, Corpse Bride. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Inspired by the Santa Claus coming down. Um, anyway, uh, so obviously this movie came out in 1970 so neither of us was born yet when it came out uh by a couple decades uh but aaron 
do you remember when you first saw this? Um, not specifically. I mean, I'm sure we were both pretty young. Um, probably like four or five or younger when we first saw it on TV because it's basically been on TV. I would assume since it's one of those things that I don't think ever really left TV. It's always been on. Um, yeah. So I don't have a, like a general recollection. Uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't think so. And I, I don't either. Um, but yeah, sometime when we were, you know, kiddos, we, we saw it. Uh, do you remember um, growing up uh, when you were young, how you felt about this one, this special? Um, I think I remember liking it. I think I was maybe a little more attached to Rudolph when I was younger, but, uh, I don't think I disliked this one. Yeah, I'd agree with that. This was in the, um, the, the Mount Rushmore or the, uh, um, the, uh, you know, the hall of fame of, of Christmas specials, but it never, um, when we were young, quite hit uh, the same heights as something like Rudolph. Did. I mean, he has no frosty returns. Oh gosh, the the less said about that, the better. That one is that has John Goodman as Frosty and a young Elizabeth Moss as the little girl, and John really? Goodman, yeah, and John Goodman sings, and it's got the guy who did the music for Rugrats. It's got all everything you want in a Christmas special, except it sucks. Okay, it's not as good as the original Frosty, but it's worth yeah. it. It isn't the whole plot of that like they have something to get rid of snow, like some like yeah, magical spray. yeah. It's a it's a like a aerosol spray that gets rid of snow. Frosty yeah. returns co- podcast coming, you know, some point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I wouldn't count on that. Um, but yeah, so it sounds like both of us um, enjoyed Santa Claus coming to town when we were younger but it didn't necessarily stand out as our favorite um watching it again this time uh this year how did you feel about it now uh i think it's really uh enjoyable i think i mean we'll go into all the different elements but i think just as a whole um it's really well done uh i think I don't know. I, I mean, I, I certainly think that um, if you're showing it to your kids for the first time now, you still get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think it's it's aged pretty well. Um, I, I, I can't think of anything about it that hasn't. Um, I mean, some of the technology and animation, we'll, we'll get into the animation um, soon, but... Um, I mean, I, the only thing I think of that may have not aged well is that, you know, you got uh, the postman telling the, the story. Oh, uh, people can't relate to postman anymore. We still have, you know, mail. No, we, we lost that centuries ago. <laughs> no, um, and, and the mail has definitely been a very important thing this year for, for a variety of reasons. So, no, that, uh, that uh, still uh, remains relevant. I don't know. Kid, you and I never really sent letters to santa did we i think i remember doing it one year when like when the internet became big did did was there a big push to email santa uh santa at hotmail is that what it is santa at aol i don't know i'm just i'm just making stuff up um but no yeah uh fred astaire is the is the postman this apparently is a name uh special delivery sd kluger Mm. I just thought he was just the postman narrator, uh, but he's good in this. And yeah, want to definitely give a shout out to all the uh, people in the postal service this year. Uh, anyway, um, sorry, I totally went on a tangent there. That's that's my fault. I mean, I um, already mentioned Frosty Returns, so it's okay. <laughs> you did. Um, oh, I guess in terms of my feelings about this, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's aged well, and I I really enjoy it. It's actually one of the uh among the specials i think it's one i've grown fonder um over time um yeah no i would i would agree too no just considering the ones that 
I initially really enjoyed. And I, I still enjoy a lot of those ones, but um, I feel like with age, this one has um, become more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mentioned the the animation. Uh, I want to get into that because that's obviously a huge part of this. Um, and it's part of the... I mentioned uh, it's from Rankin and Bass, and they were known for doing all of those different animated and, and stop motion and um, you know similar uh, types of uh, specials in the 60s and 70s. Um, Aaron, how do you feel about the, the animation in this one? Um, I, I think it's... Well, we just talked about Rudolph. I think uh, you, you can definitely tell that it's improved from Rudolph. Uh, Rudolph... Uh, I don't know. There's a certain charm to Rudolph's animation in that it's more primitive. Well, that came out in like 64 or something like that. Uh, Rudolph came out in, I think so. Yep, 64. Good call. Yeah. So, uh, like, uh, the, like facial expressions and movement is a little more limited in that. Um, everything is kind of more like made of felt and stuff like that. The, uh, environments are like, again, a little more simplistic. Um, uh, this one, I, like I said, I think, um, they were able to do more with this one. Um, and I, I, I honestly think, um, it's aged pretty well. Um, in some degree, cause I was, I was watching yesterday, I was watching, a year without a Santa Claus, even though that one mm. came out later, like, like 74, I think this one looks better than that one, which is weird. Mm. Um, it, that one looks a little more artificial, uh, for some reason. Interesting. And that, that is the, the one that followed this in terms of, uh, ranking and, and bass productions. Yeah. Uh, where, where did you find that? I wanted to watch it this year, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, it was on Freeform. Was it? I totally missed it. Totally missed it. Um, Rip ABC family. That's free form now. It's edgier. We, we get it. It's edgier. Uh, I mean, they, they wasn't really ABC family anymore. Once they had pretty little wires on. Well, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you enjoy the animation because I, I think it is, um, I think it's really good. And I think um, it's, it's just the Rankin Bass, uh, style apparently like they I, I read a little bit about the production of this like they they had like had some of their animators like meet some stop-motion people in japan or something that inspired them to do uh the stop-motion style uh it's just it's very unique uh the same way mm-hmm. that uh watching a movie like the nightmare before christmas or uh uh, Corpse Bride is unique in its animation. Those are obviously, those are more advanced. Uh, I mean, because the technology had gone, you know, it's like 20 years, you know, you know, more uh, sophisticated. But. Right. Yeah. So th- this specific form of stop mode animation um, you, you mentioned came from Japan and it was called uh, Animagic. Um, yeah. And so all the characters were made out of wood or plastic and then um, filmed using stop-motion photography. Uh, and I... Um, you definitely can get a sense of some of the the woodenness at times, but I don't think that's distracting. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't think it's... It's not supposed to look 100% real. It's supposed to be, you know, a, a, a style choice. Um, it is interesting that um, out of all the Rankin-Bass... Uh, like they're i would say they're best known for their stop motion ones but they did a couple of traditional animated ones frosty um Mm -hmm. for instance is uh just regular uh 2d animation yeah Uh, i don't but which which makes me wonder why they chose to do that one uh that way and the other ones this way uh i i mean i assume that this takes longer and probably cost more money but that's just a guess yeah it could be that i mean because i think that one came out in 69 so like maybe they could only you know divert so much time to working on one of those at a time so like we'll, we'll draw one and then we'll do the 
animagic with the other one. And, and I should mention that there is part of this special that does um, feature ha- traditional hand-drawn yeah. animation. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, you're right. When uh, the character Jessica, voiced by uh, Robbie Lester, is singing her song, uh, My World is Beginning Today, uh, in which she thinks about all the ways that meeting uh, Chris Kringle has changed her life and opened her eyes to what life is all about. It is, it, it's already strange because it's the only part of the movie that is animated in a traditional hand-drawn manner. It's also just very trippy and weird. Yeah, it's very psychedelic. Um, I mean, that just might be, you know, the influence of the, you know, late 60s, early 70s uh, on it. Yeah, I that'd be my guess. And and actually, that's part of the movie that's often cut. Um, yeah, no, when I when I was watching uh, free. For, um, when I was watching on ABC, I think they showed it, but when it was on or no, when it was on Freeform, I think they showed it. But when it was on ABC, they cut it. Mm. it and I never noticed the beginning in the beginning in like the I don't know if you want to call it overture. But like, the, you know, when they're showing all the credits, you can hear a little bit of the song. So uh, uh, along with the other songs. So I, right. I don't know if anybody ever was like, you know, hey, there's this song in the you know opening credits, but I've never heard it before because we didn't uh, for years. They didn't show it and we didn't see it until we got the movie on DVD. Yeah, I remember being really confused about it when we first saw it. Mm-hmm. But it's of all of the the songs in terms of how, how integral they are to the plot. It's probably not the most integral. I think it's it's good that Jessica has her own song and has time to to really shine because, um, you know, she's a very important character in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the animation of it all is is kind of strange. Did you want to talk about the characters? Uh, before I I got into the characters, one other thing I wanted to mention was, um, just thinking of stop motion animation. Uh, I have so much respect for it as an art form uh and and now whenever i think about it there's a um an episode of parks and rec um where one of the characters tries to get into stop motion animation and i i just can't stop thinking about that now oh really that's he... a, sort of an odd topic to have for an episode well it's it's kind of like a well like a, a bit of the episode and uh it, it's become a bit of a meme and you may have seen it um where like he has like the little uh, claymation or, or stop motion doll that he's been using, um, and he says, "Could a depressed person? Could a depressed person make this?" And he's like showing like his work, and then he actually plays it, and he's put hours and hours in the stop motion, and it's only produced like two seconds of actual film. Oh, I've never I've never heard of that before. Oh, it's it's so funny. Um, yeah, if, if you're listening to this and you've uh, seen that episode, you know that it's a uh, it's a good one. Um, and this is, uh, I think that speaks to how difficult and time consuming. I think Community has is. a stop motion Christmas special. Oh, that does sound familiar. And I think so does yeah, uh, stop motion. I think uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Does too. Oh, okay. Did not realize all that. So but, yeah, obviously this this. This style has been influential, you know, when people think of Christmas. Oh, yeah. And and I'd say it's it's also uh, a big precursor to the um, the more CGI um, that we're used to nowadays. With right. Yeah. If you films. really want to like. Uh, it's things that have like more depth and, you know, physically depth and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to. Just want to take a moment to appreciate that because, um, you know, the people who who made this definitely put a lot of hard work into it, and uh, it shows. Uh, but so you mentioned the the characters, and I, I mentioned the character of Jessica. Um, you and you mentioned in your um, your summary of the plot that um, we also have Burger Meister Meister Burger, um, who wins the title for best name in any Christmas special. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, also have Winter Warlock, uh, obviously Chris Kringle, um, and Tonta Kringle and the other Kringle elves who were building the toys. Um, Aaron, of those characters, who stands out to you or who is your favorite? Uh, is it, I feel like it's not a very original answer to say that 
Chris Santa Claus is my favorite, but he's just like what I like about him is he's such a wholesome person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, and I mean, you must have, you know, he has a very like Superman origin in this one. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, That's really? True. That's what I always think is like, you know, taken in by like a kindly family that he goes out in the world. Um, he's not really a character that has an arc, uh, but I don't think. I know. I, I heard this thing that is, is from something uh, a video I was watching online talking about something called a flat character arc where the character doesn't change like the, the main character doesn't change, but um, it's about how their interaction with the other characters changes them. Okay. So he definitely has like a flat character arc, but like his interaction with all the other characters, you know, inspires change in, you know, winter warlock and Jessica, um, not Meisterberger, but most of the characters. Right. And and the people of, of Somber Town. Yeah, the people so, yeah, of he Somber doesn't, Town. He doesn't change, but he changes people around him. So, yeah, it's it's a sort of a non-traditional, like, if you're thinking of, like, origin story, where he's, like, uh, he learns to be a better person. It's not it's not that kind of story. It's, it's the lessons that are learned along the way. Uh, but, yeah, and I really like Mickey Rooney's uh, performance of him. Um, he just... Uh, yeah, I feel like so often in, I don't know, fiction, they're like, well, this character is just a generally good person. They're not interesting, but I feel like that's not the case in this. You know, it's just nice. Like I said, I said to have a sort of like Superman kind of character. I mean, he's actually, he's more wholesome. If you th- talk about Superman too, Superman's kind of selfish in this. He's like completely selfless and, uh, Chris is like completely selfless in this, but like it doesn't come off as like hokey. It comes off as like genuine. So, yeah, and and there is something really heartwarming um, and charming about that to see him be so selfless. And yeah, I mean, it, it's not so much about any personal struggle as much as he he clearly wants to help people and you know, deliver these toys for his adopted family, um, and he's just having to don't find a way to do that without getting arrested by the burgermeister. Right. You know, uh, it's not about, if we're all talking about the characters, do you feel like there aren't enough of the elves? I don't know if you, the elves are one of your favorite part or not. I mean, there's definitely not a lot of them. And I think (laughs) their introduction is so goofy where they're like, Oh, it's a baby. There's a baby's nose and a whole baby attached to it. <laughs> it's like, wow, our amazing. baby is the best baby. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be kind of them. They've never seen a baby before. Right. Um, I, the thing that also gets me about them is that they, like, they, they give each of their names. I think they all rhyme with Ingle. But they, yeah, they all rhyme, and they're all obviously voiced by the same person. Um, actually, oh, the yeah. person who voices them, Paul Fries. Oh, he did um, other stuff too. Yeah, he 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 voiced Burgermeister, Topper. Um, he, he yeah, he he voiced most of the people in this actually. Oh, Topper's a fun character. Uh, well, he's not much of a character, but I I just love the idea that somehow a penguin got so lost looking for the South Pole that he ended up at the North Pole. <laughs> I mean, that's relatable. I feel that. Do you, do you remember one time we were at an amusement park and I held the map upside down and got us totally lost? No. That happened. That's totally happened. And I question admitted it. how old were we? Oh, middle school or high school. I'm old enough surprised that I should have read a map. I'm, I'm surprised, though, that we decided to give you the map. I think I... That's uh, usually like a parent duty. I think I called an audible and I, I wanted to prove myself capable of it and, and failed miserably. Um, anyway, uh, you, you mentioned that Mickey Rooney voices uh, Chris slash Santa Claus. Uh, I have to admit, I am familiar with the name Mickey Rooney, but I don't know if I've seen anything with him besides this. Right. You, have you seen anything with him? Uh, no. Uh, uh, have I? 
Well, I mean, he he's done other. He was the voice of Santa Claus also in uh, the Year Without Santa Claus. Um, I've never seen it, but I think he's the voice of the fox in the Fox and the Hound. Mm. Um, he has a more infamous uh, kind of portrayal of the Japanese neighbor in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, um, I have heard about that. He 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 did a lot of movies when he was younger as a kid. He has one or two movies with Judy Garland. Uh, so I don't think I've seen a lot with him uh, personally. But uh, yeah, but he's definitely good at a this. big name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he's definitely um, you know a big draw to this, uh, and definitely Fred Astaire too. I um, am always kind of shocked that Fred Astaire is in this because. When I think of Fred Astaire, I think of dancing. And, yeah, I mean, and he, I mean, he sings in some of his movies, but he's not as much, you know, he's not like Bing Crosby, who's known for like singing. Right, and I mean, obviously, since it's a stop motion, <laughs> Fred Astaire can't dance in this. His, right. his well, character can dance. His character but, dances. Um, and it's I I will say uh his his character um the postman I I find it both hilarious and so uh disturbing that the whole conceit of it as he's opening people's mail and reading it and to answer questions like sir that is a federal crime you better go to jail for that you cannot go doing that it's and okay he's, like, he's the postman he can do it and then he's like talking to the kids and uh which is kind of cute although sometimes the, the way he talks to them is just like, yeah, you idiot. Of course, this is what happened. That's why. It's like, why are you asking stupid questions to me? I'm the postman. I got things to do. Um, except he does it in a, a sweet Fred Astaire kind of way. Um, yeah. And then other characters. Um, I really like Jessica in this. Um, you, you mentioned um, how, how Chris doesn't have an arc. I'd say that um, Jessica and Winter Warlock are the characters who have the biggest arcs. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, one and, thing I was noted, uh, we talked about her song earlier. Mm-hmm. I could be mistaken, but uh, since she's, you know, one part of the citizens of Sombertown, you know, she, her color palette is very muted. Um, mm-hmm. I think after she has her song, um, her color palette actually is brighter a little bit. Uh, maybe. Like yeah. in terms of like, like what like, she's wearing? Or? No, like skin tone and like stuff like that. Okay. The the like thing she, that like always... a slow like like rosier and stuff like that, which um if you didn't get to see the song, I mean you probably wouldn't notice anyway since I mean it's not like really uh prominent, but I I that's from my observation that seems to be like she looks a little less somber. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I I think I mean certainly Winter Warlock goes from being. Uh, a, sort of a monster kind of person to looking like a regular wizard. Yeah, and I and I like how they have those, um, those physical changes to show how they've changed. I mean, it's 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 pretty simple and 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 not that uh, not that original necessarily, but it it works well in this. Um, and yeah, I I I know that at least for Jessica, I don't know if she keeps it, but during her song she. Uh, yeah. She lets her hair down. Yeah, no, uh, only for the song. Okay, so she she puts it back up after that. Um, although one thing that is also weird about that song is that I, for me, I always think she looks like she's got um, like like red hair, but then in the animation she's got blonde hair. Did you yeah, notice that? Yeah, yeah, it's a little off. Um, I mean, it's a minor thing, but. Uh. I, I, um, we talked, Meister Burger, like I said, I think is a really fun character. I really like his, uh, his henchman too, the, the little, the guard who like twitches his mustache during the songs. Oh yeah. That guy's great. Um, Winter Warlock, I like, uh, I, he, uh, when he's helping Chris, uh, he loses his magic for a while. They never really explain that, do they? No, not really. Um, 
but he still has some sort of magic later on. He can. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of weird that he, for some reason, loses his powers mostly, but that he can still help a little bit. He says when he when they free everybody with the reindeer, he says he's not such a loser after all. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, well, that's nice. I, but that maybe, is sort of strange mm-hmm. that like that would make him lose his powers. But again, we're talking about magic, so it could be whatever. Right, and I maybe I I was reading into this that it's not really there. I got the sense that his transformation from being evil to good is what made him lose his powers. Yeah, that's what I was assuming. Uh, okay. But it doesn't really. It's not really. Uh, yeah, it is that. That's probably one of the weird, uh, less explained parts of the movie. Yeah, yeah, not not quite sure about that. Um, but he he's he's a fun character, and and I know we're going to get into the the song soon, and I definitely want to mention his song. Um, but before um, do that, um, the other thing I want to mention um, in terms of Chris and Jessica was their um, their romance. Um, how did you feel about their their relationship? Um, I think it was pretty natural as far as uh, you know romances go. I don't think it was forced. I can see uh, why she would like him. Uh, other than Tana Kringle, she's like the only like woman that Chris has seen like basically in ever. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, uh, the only other women he sees are well. There, there's one like town woman he he runs into. Oh yeah, the one who says that he dressed ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. In terms of um, yeah, adult women, he, he does not really have much experience with them. Right. Uh. But yeah, I like their relationship. Uh, I, I I find it pretty genuine. Um, and I think they could do a good job of portraying it. You know, you know, for example, when she, you know, decides that she, you know, wants to be with him and she, you know, she decides that, you know, she wants to be him, with him wherever he goes and stuff like that. I thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like seeing that and. I think it's... But, I mean, there's not much to it. I mean, this movie is no. less than an hour long. But I, I appreciate how they, they they turn that to a degree because not only does Chris kind of open Jessica's eyes to, um, you know, how um, restrictive Sombertown is and how, you know, miserable everyone is, but then she is the one most responsible for saving them. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, she's... It's, yeah. It's, it's winter warlocks. Um, uh, his, his magic corn feed that they get to the, the reindeer that helps them escape, but that's all Jessica's idea or it's, it, that's yeah. her push to find a way to get them out. Yeah, so yeah. She's, she's, a, she's important to the plot. Yeah. Which is, yeah, nice. she, yeah, she saves the day. Um, Oh, there's something else I was going to mention. I totally, I can't think right now. Let there be known that and Rudolph is not one of the reindeer. I do appreciate that they make that joke. I think that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Like it's really quick, but it's it's a good one. Um, yeah, okay, and think... it's also like, well, I mean, the, the Rudolph cartoon came out before this, so it was like, where's Rudolph? I was like, well, if you should know, you watch the special. <laughs> Right. It's like, go, go watch this other thing we made. Buy more toys. Um, Do you remember CVS used to have Rudolph toys? I do remember that. Didn't um, our Aunt Barbara collect those? She might have. I just remember, like, you could get, like, the cowboy on an ostrich. I know this is sort of a tangent. But... Yeah. Oh, I remember what I was going to say earlier. Um, but the one thing I do find funny about... Um, the the romantic turning point for chris um and just like chris's general um way of turning people um you know and opening their eyes is that it's all based off of here i give you a gift now you will become a good person 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's pretty like, simplistic. I wish it was that simple in life. We could solve so many problems that way. Right, right. I mean, um, yeah, that's sort of... If there is one thing, the, the movie's sort of simplistic about that. But, I mean, the the whole idea is that, you know, thinking of others and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah. It, it's, it still works as a as a, as a message of the, the power of, um, selfless giving and, and caring for others. Uh, but it is, yeah, it is kind of made the most simple possible in order to get that point across. Um, anyway, any, any other thoughts on the voice acting, the characters before we get into the, the musical numbers? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, cool, cool. So there are, um, from the list I'm looking at seven, uh, different musical numbers in this movie or in this special. I keep calling it a movie. It's a TV special. Um, do you have a favorite among the seven? Um, I think uh, one foot in front of the other is my favorite. I think it's like the bounciest. Um, and I don't know. It's also like one of the more visually, cre- I mean, besides Jessica's songs, it's one of the more visually creative mm-hmm. uh, songs. I mean, I guess that's not true. They do a lot with, I feel like, all of them. But, um, I don't know. It's just so catchy. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just like the the imagery of, you know, them walking through, like, the snow door. Mm. Uh, all the animals interacting. I don't know, just like the message of being like, you can be a good person, you know, it doesn't matter if you were bad in the past and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, of the songs, it definitely has the clearest message, and it is, I think, the catchiest. Like, there, oh, I remember one year, or maybe multiple times, this song would just get stuck in my head in, like, the middle of January, or just even, like, the summertime, just all of a sudden, like, wow, Christmas is months away. And all of a sudden I, I'm, you know, put one foot in front of I mean, it's a jam for sure. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's a good one. But, um, uh, I like, um, I mean, obviously like when Rankin Bass was making these specials, they basically, their concept was how can we take a song, a popular Christmas song and make it into a TV special. So they had Rudolph, they have Santa Claus coming to town. They have Frosty. And they're, they're like, how can we make that into an hour-long special? Right. Little Drummer Boy. Little Drummer Boy. Um, uh, I also do like the... Um, uh, first Toy Maker to the King song a lot. Yes. Yeah, that's the first one. That's a good one. Yeah, and I I really like how they pair that with the Burgermeister's um, version. Yeah, no more tour makers to the king. I think it it can get a little repetitive. Yeah, um, these are right after the other. But I I appreciate it's how repetitive. They each other. But I'll tell you what, having watched a year without a Santa Claus, it's not as repetitive as watching the. Uh, snow miser or whatever do his song and oh. <laughs> immediately after watch heat miser do a song and it's basically the same song good point yeah but i have a special place in my heart for for that well the snow miser one robin. because batman or robin yeah. makes his henchmen sing it's, yeah it's, it's glorious um but yeah th- those those are my two other um favorites is looking at the the rest of the songs um, we already mentioned that uh, Jessica's song is is a little odd, but I I, I think it's fine. Um, the the wedding song is a bit forgettable um, when uh, Chris and Jessica get married. And then uh, one, yeah, I, again I again I think with the the imagery is more memorable than the song itself. With like the yeah. gift giving and it's got a sort of glossiness to it. Uh, you got the animals giving gifts to each other, stuff like that. But the song itself is, yeah, sort is sort of forgettable. It's probably one of the weaker ones. Yeah. Also, it made me realize that so that they get married on Christmas Eve, right? I think so. So that means that every year Santa Claus is not home for his wedding anniversary. 
what I mean, a jerk. <laughs> what a jerk. Um, but no. Oh, you mentioned the animals. I love all the the animals in this. Um, Topper is definitely the the lead, and he's the one that's named. But all the the rabbits and the the deer. Um, like as you mentioned, uh, put one foot in front of the other. Um, I really love the moment in that song where you have the um, the deer learning to walk. Yeah, uh, like that's really simple but clever um, and really effective in that song. Um, yeah, animals are the the standouts in this. Uh, and then the last song, uh, "Be Prepared to Pay" when Chris is giving the toys. Uh, that's probably the weakest one in my opinion. Oh yeah. They, I think they cut that song out a lot too, because I don't think I saw that one. It's super forgettable. He's just having the kids like sit on his lap. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they cut that song out a lot too uh, on TV. So I, I didn't see that one this year. That is definitely the weakest song, and that I've totally forgot it existed. Yeah. Also, kind of weird. Like, like okay, if you want to toy, you have to like kiss this stranger on the cheek. That's, yeah, that's well, they're they're trying to like again set up the like sit on Santa's lap kind of thing. I know, but uh, I, I I know it, it. I mean, it's always like sometimes you know TV will like be like don't talk to strangers, but if a, t- a stranger comes dressed in you know a funny outfit giving toys, then that's okay. Yeah, like I, I'm. You know, I think going to see the uh, the mall Santa's fine everything. I would not recommend uh, parents having their children uh, give the mall Santa a kiss. <laughs> don't know where that don't know where that beard's been. Right. Um, but no, overall, I think the song's really good, and obviously the the final song is um, the title song of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yep, which um, is fun. Yeah, and uh, Fred Astaire does a a really wonderful job with it, and I love how they as they're singing, they bring in all, all the um, the characters hop onto his little uh, mail truck. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's th- there are a lot of good songs in this one. It's um, it's very easy to get these stuck in your head. Well, uh, Aaron, I don't know if there was much else I I wanted us to talk about for this one. Um, was there anything else that you had in mind before I go to my like my final closing questions. Uh, I mean, I mean, we basically talked about the plot already. Uh, it's pretty simple. Um, yeah, I don't think there was anything. Yeah. No, I mean, you, I think you did a good job summarizing the plot of just you know, Chris going to somber town and trying to give the toys away, but then the Burgermeister outlawing them because he's a clumsy idiot and he keeps getting hurt on toys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is a good running gag. Uh, good um, kind of slapstick humor to it. Oh, I will say that, uh, again, Some I was on TV this year, but I think sometimes they cut it off. How dramatic, because um, we only saw, I think, when we got the DVD, when he sets fire to the toys in front of all the kids. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, yeah, that is definitely a part there. Children's of Somber Town, you never play again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I that's think definitely it's really the important. darkest moment, and in, in yeah. an otherwise pretty, you know, cheerful uh, special. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that the, the trees in the forest. Oh yeah, the trees. Are, yeah, that's. Um, but I, I'm glad you mentioned that um, when when Burgermeister. Um, sets all the toys on fire because I think that is, that is definitely something they edit out, um, often. Um, and also I think that only works, um, and, and Burgermeister only works as a character because he's so bumbling throughout most of it. Um, like how he's constantly hurting himself, um, on accident or how, um, He's like, oh, I've been bamboozled. That was, a, that was a terrible impression. I don't know. I mean, it was pretty accurate. Um, just because he's such a goof, um, he he's not menacing enough that that moment becomes truly terrifying. It is still, like you said, the darkest moment in this. Right, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like, yeah, you know, things are getting, you know, 
you know, they're in trouble now. Yeah. That yeah. when they know they, you know, they they take Chris in and they got Topper. No, you I mean once you they you take somebody's penguin, I mean the, the jig is up. Oh uh, no, you can't take a guy's penguin. That's that's too cruel. Yeah, <laughs> arresting a penguin that has to be one of the uh, the stranger parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I also um, I, I, just, I I love when mm-hmm. to- I know this is sort of like when Topper immediately he he, he meets Chris and it, like he immediately gives him a kiss. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh yeah. He's yeah, like, no, oh, no, stop just, that. He's he's just. I mean, what is a cartoon without an animal companion? I mean, Disney knows that, and I guess Rankin and Bass knew that too. Yeah, I suppose so. It is a you can't go wrong with it. And I, I also love um, Topper's communications with Chris. Like oh, he, he, he can't say anything, yeah. so he honks, and so he has to like, um, like point to things. Oh yeah, and, the chimney. What? Yeah, he has to point to things and kind of pantomime until Chris figures it out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but uh, closing thoughts. Well, cl- closing thoughts. I wanted us to get into. Um, like I know we, we mentioned a few of other uh, Rankin and Bass um, specials and um, just how this fits in with the, um, the tradition of animated holiday specials. I, I know we said this wasn't one of our, our top ones when we were kids. Now, um, in 2020, where where does one rank for you, would you say? Uh, I actually think this one ranks at the top now. Uh and I think after that would probably be Rudolph followed by Frosty. Um, then maybe Little Drummer Boy. If we're just talking about Rankin and Bass, because... Uh, what about I, I, non-Rankin Bass? Well, I... Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas holds a very special place in my heart. Uh uh i think it's for me it's the most emotional one well there's also uh we usually watch uh mr magoo's one which is also really good mm-hmm. but definitely with the ranking and bass ones uh i think this one's at the top um at the bottom i do like it but i don't really like it that much as probably year without santa claus okay that is that is fair I, I mean, honestly, you remember the Jack Frost one they did? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, one's yeah, better yeah. than Year Without a Santa Claus. I feel like they show that one a lot less, though. Yeah, for some reason. I guess because it's not really Christmas-themed. Uh, yeah. It's 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 very... It's memorable, though. I, I enjoy that one. Mm-hmm. And this one is also better than the one with all the mice. You remember that one? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what that's called, but I know what you're talking about. Oh no, wait, that was was that just night before Christmas? Uh maybe. Okay. Um. Yeah. So in terms of my rankings, um, I'd have to agree with you. I think, um, that uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas special is definitely, um, you know, a, a special sentimental pick for me, and I and I would have to put that at the top of mine, even though I'm still bitter at Apple TV Plus for, uh their maneuver this year, taking it off the air. Um, you can see my, my couch potato column all about that, in which I lament and, and scream into the void uh, and all that good stuff. No, maybe not that dramatic. Um, but yeah, if I had to choose between my, or if I had to pick my favorite Rankin and Bass, uh, it's, it's a hard pick between Santa Claus coming to town and Rudolph. Um, they're both just so charming. Yeah, I I might pick Rudolph um, just because I, I I love the 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 message of inclusivity in it, um, and I think it's got a few more memorable songs in it than this one. Um, but both of them are, I think, you know the the best holiday specials. What I for me, Frosty the Snowman has kind of like sunk in my rankings. Like really. 
I'll watch it, but I just it's not. I don't know. I I don't quite enjoy it as much anymore. There's all you remember the sequel Frosty's Winter Wonderland. We watched that one. You remember that? Wait, there was another one. Yeah, you mentioned Frosty Returns. Frosty's Fro- Winter Wonderland. Yeah, it's when they make uh, a Snow White for him, and it's got Jack Frost in it. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one's not as good as the original. Um, that's still fun. Wasn't there another one where? Oh yeah, yeah. We, we you know what? We totally forgot about like. Uh, You know what? You know, Santa Claus, uh, Year Without Santa Claus is not that great, but I mean, it's still, it's got some good moments, but it's better than Rudolph's Shiny New Year and uh, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. Okay. I will say you are right on both accounts um, that those are definitely um we're really two. testing your knowledge now. If it's like, you know, all the specials we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, this is turning to some trivia game. Um, yeah. Uh, Rudolph's shiny new year is terrible. I know. It's I, all about them laughing I, at the baby for having big ears. It's like it. It was it's just, it just feels kind of mean spirited. Right. And, and it, it, they try to tie it into Rudolph's origin of how, how he had to be, um, had to fight for acceptance, but it just doesn't work. And instead of just all of these people just laughing at this baby with big ears and it's just, <laughs> it's not funny. It's just grating and annoying. Uh, and, and I'd say, yeah, that in Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas July, even that is like miles better than shiny new year. That's yeah. just, that's bottom of the, I mean, at least that has the novelty of Rudolph and Frosty being in a special together. Yeah, it's the ultimate crossover, the ultimate holiday crossover. Yeah, you know? eat your heart out, Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Civil War of a, of holiday specials. Just needed, like, the Grinch to come in there somewhere. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, overtop. Uh, there, there's too many holiday yeah, we specials we could mention, so I think we we should probably stop. <laughs> yeah, we, we could literally go on for another hour. Um, but no, I'm, I'm glad we got to rewatch this one. Um, it's definitely something I look forward to watching every year. Yeah, and... um, I, I just have to say, though, um, I don't know how many people who were working on this are still around, but I can imagine, you know, whether they worked on this or Rudolph or any of these specials that get played every year of just having a, an immense sense of pride in, uh, you know, how they've kind of touched, you know, multiple generations uh, the people still watch them and like them. Um, yeah. it's, I mean, it's really hard for a piece of pop culture to really resonate with so many generations. Um, for example, I mean, we talk about Fred Astaire. I mean, if for not this, most kids probably wouldn't even know who Fred Astaire is. I mean, they might not even know him by name by this, but like, they still know something he was in. Right. Yeah, that's just so, the lasting power of this. And, you know, I don't expect that. Um, I, I don't expect that these are going to fall by the wayside anytime soon. You know, yeah. I, I think this I really do think the special will be. There's a really good chance a special will be popular uh, in another 50 years. Yeah, no, for, for it's a, you know have turned 50 years old this year and to still be as popular and as, as notable as it is. I mean, yeah, I mean, Rudolph's even older, so yeah. And yeah, I mean, definitely I don't see Rudolph going anywhere either. So definitely there's always more and more, um, Christmas content to enjoy each year. And, um, and and it's just like you were talking about the, uh, the peanut specials. It just, it goes to show that like, these things, when people made a huge deal about them not being on TV, like they still are very much a part of people's traditions. So, like, uh, I don't know. They just they have a lot of lasting power, yeah. staying power. Yeah, and I, I, I think something that I the, the, I, the way that like we're still talking about uh, a Christmas Carol, you know, 
over 150 years or whatever after it was published. Right. Yeah, there's definitely a canon of Christmas uh, specials and films and, and shows, and, and this belongs in there. And I sometimes take for granted how much the holiday season has been not um, intertwined with, but um, has, t- has gotten a very special place on TV. Um, more so than I, I'd say in, no, maybe not. I would say more so than films, but that, I mean, that's not true. There's still, you know, lots of holiday movies out there that are just as memorable, but, um, just how pop culture, um, and TV shows and, um, specials and, and movies have, have played such a big part in influencing how we celebrate the holidays. Um, and I think that's, you know, wor- worth mentioning. Um, because yeah, when you get something like, uh, Apple TV plus taking, uh, peanuts off of the, um, off of broadcast television, you know, it's, it leads to some, uh, some pushback because yeah, traditions are important to people and, you know, impact how we celebrate things. And it's important to, to keep that in mind, to remember those things. And I, I will get off my high horse before I fall off it. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't think I've got any additional thoughts. Aaron, any, anything else on Santa Claus is coming to town? Uh, I'll just say it may be the day after Christmas, but if you didn't watch it and you're still in the Christmas mood, go watch it. I mean, Christmas is, you know, uh, you know, I consider it Christmas season and, you know, certainly liturgically for, you know, you know, people in church, it, you know, it's, it, it doesn't, it goes beyond uh, the 25th. So, um, yeah. You want to watch something and it'll put you in a good mood, I bet. Yeah. And and yeah, especially given the the message of the movie being that, you know, if we could all be more like Santa Claus and be more giving and more selfless, then the world would be a better place. Yeah, that's that's a universal theme um or message that you can celebrate any time of the year. So, yeah, whether it's it's Boxing Day or some other time in the year, you know, uh this is definitely a, a special worth watching. So, uh, Aaron, I want to thank you for, for podcasting, uh, with me on this. I know this was, um, a bit of a, a late addition or late change on my part. So I, I appreciate you, your willingness to go for it. Yeah, totally. I, I think this was for the best. Uh, we were kind of, you know, really grasping at straws or whatever for trying to figure out what to do for this month. Yeah. So glad, glad it worked out. Um, yeah, so Aaron, I know this is our, I, I, I think this is our last podcast of the, the year. So um, once again, thanks for for doing this with me. It's been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, please tell everyone where they can find your work. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, still do stuff for the Pop Break uh, pretty regularly. Obviously, the, these podcasts are taking up a lot of our time. Um, I probably will have another review out for something in the next couple months. Uh, so look out for that. Uh, you can find me at Aaron Sarnecki, uh, on Twitter. Okay. Thank you very much. And, uh, people can find me at Josh Sarnecki on Twitter. Uh, although I have been staying away from Twitter recently, uh, partially to avoid wonder woman spoilers. Um, so far so good. And yeah, and you can find uh, my work as well on the pop break. Um, you can see my monthly couch potato column. Uh, this month I wrote just about the year in review and how uh, the events of this year have impacted television. Um, and you can also listen to me podcast with um, editor in chief Bill and TV editor Alex every month um, on our TV break podcast. Um, yeah. And otherwise, you know, please continue to check out all of the different uh, podcasts we have um, on the Breakcast, and then in our uh, Pop Break TV uh, podcast channel. And then always go to the popbreak.com for the latest uh, news, reviews and interviews about your favorite uh, TV, film and other popular culture. Um, I don't think that's our actual slogan, but I'm going to keep saying it until it becomes it. Um, Probably not going to happen. Uh, but 
yeah. So thank you for, for listening. Uh, Aaron, once again, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. And uh, until we see you or um, you hear us again next time, I uh, hope you have a, a happy new year. And remember, Santa Claus is coming. He's coming to town.